0: Hello? Anybody home?
1: Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people
0: can't deal with it.
1: We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love
0: their servitude.
1: We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence.
2: To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening as we broadcast around the world on The Fringe FM. If you'd like to get access to our full show archive and listen at your leisure, you can go to thesecretteachings.info, click on the subscribe tab at the top of the page and Subscribe to our full show archive. Even if you're not a subscriber, you can listen to the shows when they air live. You can listen to the replays, and you can find a number of shows on the website that are free to listen and to download. If we do a really critical show of information that you need to hear right now, a lot of the times we'll put that show up for free, regardless if you are a subscriber or not. But for everybody else, if you want to support this show, if you want to keep us on air, Go to the website and subscribe to get access to the full show archive, the montage archive, and digital copies that you can read and download of my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and the Technological Elixir. You can also grab a copy of one of those books separately on the website, but when you subscribe for one year, you get a copy of one of those books for free free shipping as well in the United States, and we do ship around the world, so don't be afraid if you live in another country to contact us and also get that book deal. It's at www.thesecretteachings.info, and that is what keeps us on air five nights a week. When I say that, I mean that. You are what keeps us on air five nights a week. I have begun the preparations to move. I have Begun to look at places in Arizona. And, uh, you know, if you have a property in Arizona that you want, w- would like to, to rent to me, then I'm, I'm all ears. Uh, if you have an ability to help myself and my fiance as we move, uh, basically my life is around this studio. So we're moving the studio down to Arizona and uh, some other stuff going on as well. That's, that should be good news. Uh, a lot of people reached out when we traveled across the country, literally from northeast to southeast, across to the southwest up to the northwest, and then back across to New York. And uh, that hospitality, if you uh, would like to offer it again, we'd be very accepting of it. We're going to be traveling from New York through Ohio, down through Kentucky, and taking that route all the way to Tucson, when we get everything squared away. Uh, if you're interested in that route that we're taking, you might live along the way. You'd like to, if it works out, meet us. Like we met a lot of people on our trip across the country. Just look at the driving route from Bloomfield, New York, to Tucson, Arizona, uh, and take the route. I think there's like two or three of them. Uh, we're going to go the route that takes us past White Sands. So if you live anywhere in those areas, want to meet up, have a have a drink, have a have a bite to eat, that is the plan, hopefully by the end of this month. I also have not created a page. I'm just going to say word of mouth. Uh, I'm calling it The Escape from New York. I have to get out of here. <laughs> I can't stand this place for a lot of different reasons. If, uh, like in the past, if you have a few dollars that you'd like to donate to the show to help us to move the studio. You can do that on our PayPal. There's links on the website, thesecretteachings.info, or you can use the PayPal email, rdgable at yahoo.com. And for those of you who have just tuned into the show, you've never heard the show before, I'm not asking you for a donation. I'm not asking you to subscribe or to buy a book. I'm just asking you to listen and see what the show is all about. Again, we are on five nights a week on the Fringe FM broadcasting on other applications as well. You can download the Fringe FM app for free. You can listen to a lot of our shows for free in the archive, You get the live show Monday through Friday as well, and the replays on the Fringe FM. I've been doing a lot of research recently, and I've been updating my technology book, and I've added a a couple of pages to one of the final chapters about UFOs. I wanted to expand it. I thought about writing a UFO book, a ufology-style-themed book. And maybe I'll turn this chapter into that in the future. In fact, in my food philosophy book, it ends with geoengineering and climate issues. And then the technology book begins with that. Because transhumanism is a major component of both climate change and trans, if you will, politics. Transhumanism is a huge component of that. So I started the technology book with the food book left off. And then the technology book ends with an analysis of UFOs and UFO cults and also the story of the Garden of Eden taking us into a more esoteric analysis of life and symbols, etc., which I go into in Occult Arcana. So I thought maybe maybe I'll branch off another book from the technology book on UFOs. And I guess I, I kind of put this together for myself, you know, this chapter uh, about UFOs and about uh, various government projects, and you know, a lot. There is a lot of stuff in this chapter in the technological elixir to end the book that you you probably haven't heard a lot about other places. You know, there are things in this chapter that, and unless you read very very specific books on ufology, you know, if you just watch Ancient Aliens, you probably haven't heard of a lot of this stuff, and that's cool, that's fine. But my point is, there is a lot of information here that I've tied together that's really, really, I think, a unique take. On the subject of UFOs, because you're going to hear the same story every time you turn into ancient, aliens, t- tune into ancient aliens. Every time you tune into a radio show, you're going to hear the same thing. You're going to hear the same radio hosts, the same talking heads, and we're talking about the same exact thing because that's what gets ratings. And I'm not poo-pooing the people that do that. I'm just saying that you're going to get the same thing. And unless you listen to you know uh, radio shows like this, and there are tons of radio shows like The Secret Teachings in the sense that they provide very, very insightful views into subjects that are kind of overdone. I think UFOs are kind of overdone. I think they're burned. And I think that there needs to be a different perspective on the subject of UFOs. And by UFO, I also mean the subject of life beyond Earth, the subject of life beyond our dimension, for that matter. There's a famous memorandum that has circulated, uh, you know, the circles of ufology for for some time now. Uh, The memorandum, was dated July eighth of nineteen forty seven so the week of Roswell. and it was about discs uh, and craft and and beans that were very similar to human beings and but they weren't human. And uh, this memorandum said that these beans came from another dimension, that these beans came from a place called the locus or the Talus, and that they they claim, you know, that they the, this memorandum, this document, that the these beings probably could not be reached by radio. Um, but they they had these incredible abilities. They, they, they kind of looked like us, but they weren't like us. They didn't come from any planet in the sense of how we use the word. They came from an etheric planet. That's what the document says. It's memorandum 6751. And that's something that it's kind of passed around ufology circles, but it's not really well known about. It's not really something that people talk about. I mean, that document is, as far as I'm concerned, equivalent to anything that you have on Roswell. It's equivalent or probably more important than even the, the, as far as I'm concerned, again, the Guy Hotel memo, which was a March 22nd, 1950 FBI memo from Guy Hotel, a special agent in charge of the Washington field office who told a different story on Roswell, the memorandum. From the FBI says, they, the saucers, were described as being circular in shape with raised centers approximately 50 feet in diameter. Each one was occupied by three bodies of human shape, but only three feet tall, dressed in metallic cloth of a very fine texture. Each body was bandaged in a manner similar to the blackout suits used by speed flyers and test pilots. That's what the FBI memo said. You've heard a lot about this memo, the Guy Hotel Memo. You've heard a lot about it. I've heard a lot about it. It's, it's just the same kind of a thing that it's like just the story of Roswell itself. This particular memo you hear over and over and over again. And and that memo refutes the official narrative of what happened at Roswell in the same way that a report, um, an affidavit was was signed by Brigadier General Thomas J. Dubois, or Dubose, Dubozy Dubosey, uh, who confirmed that the quote "weather balloon explanation for the material was not uh, was just a cover story, it was not the real thing. It was a cover story to divert the attention of the press, quote unquote." I'll read that quote again because I kind of botched it. The weather balloon explanation for the material was a cover story to divert the attention of the press. And the FBI memorandum got from Guy Hotel confirmed that that was essentially it. I see, contrary to what the media tells you, contrary to what you know a, a college professor might tell you or some skeptic, writing in a newspaper or on a radio show or your friends or somebody that you're talking to about this, the media, the government, and and, and others are, are are actively engaged, knowingly or unknowingly, in a disinformation campaign against the public. Now, the government claims they're engaged in this disinformation campaign when they do acknowledge it because the public just can't know about what UFOs, what UAPs are. They can't know because it would just fundamentally change society. It would fundamentally change everything about our world. It, it, it would change how we, how we look at each other, how we look at the universe. If we knew that aliens existed, oh my God, the whole world would collapse. And, and that was the determination of a report back in the 60s that we 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 the public should not be informed of the subject of ufos extraterrestrials etc so you know when you think about it you would think that the government doesn't want people to know for a number of reasons but the government also has a vested interest in manufacturing some of those stories in order to further advance whatever agenda that they have up to and including outright deception to get people's minds off of the UFO and to get it to focus on other things or to get people to focus so much on the UFO that they lose touch with reality and a lot of those fake false stories those UFO encounters etc that aren't really real or aren't really that important become front and center, easily debunked, and everything else that's not easily debunked is shelved, which was essentially the, the foundation for Project Blue Book and the Condon Report and other UFO reports conducted by the government. UFOs re- aren't really a threat and really a big deal, don't worry about it, but that got people's attention on UFOs because they thought, well, the government's saying that this isn't real, I can see it, I'm, I'm witnessing it, Something's re- the government's lying to me. And I thought, maybe that's intentional, right? If they, they, they want you to know that they're lying to you. It's all psychology, right? But the, the see, see, government agencies, the Air Force, military, they've been interested in this subject since the 1940s and probably before. It just didn't become as well known until the 40s, until the detonation of atomic weapons officially for the first time. And of course, you know, with satellites being put in space and other things, that UFOs became interested. Nuclear proliferation, UFOs became very, very interested. Look at the ghost rockets during World War II. The ghost rockets and the Foo Fighters that just baffled pilots all over the world in in theaters of war. That is, you know, in 1948, the U.S. Air Force began its first official investigation into the nature and substance of the UFO UAP phenomena. The project was called SIGN, S-I-G-N. It wasn't long after that that Project SIGN was shelved. Project SIGN turned into Project Grudge, which began operating shortly after 1948 and officially ran until 1949, though it essentially proceeded until late 1951 or early 1952 when the famous Project Blue uh, Blue Book was initiated. And Project Blue Book took over for Grudge and for SIGN. The aim of that program was to investigate officially the reality of the UFO-UAP phenomena and to do it publicly and to determine if they posed a threat to national security. Now, this program was stationed out of the infamous Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio. Operating from 1952 until 1969, Project Blue Book was an extension of sign and grudge, ultimately determining that roughly 10% of reports were truly legitimate. They didn't focus on those reports, though they focused on the 90% that they could prove as not legitimate, as made up, as fake, as identified, as a hoax, etc. Now, the late researcher and our friend who's been on the secret teachings many times, Jim Mars, wrote in his book Alien Agenda how, quote, these programs determined that 90% of an estimated 12,000 analyzed reports were considered hoaxes. That's a lot or they were considered explainable aerial phenomena or natural astronomical objects with 10% considered legitimate alien sightings and or incidents, quote-unquote. The U.S. government's been investigating this for some time. Publicly, they say 90% it's a hoax. It's something natural. It's something very explainable. But I always wondered, you know, if it was an alien spaceship, that would be explainable. That would be very scientific. The aliens had, a, had, a, had a, a way to get here, whether they're inside the Earth, from our solar system, or from some other dimension or galaxy. Science probably played some role in them getting here. So, yes, it's, it's very scientific, and it's very historical, the subject of UFOs, because whatever these things are, they're highly advanced, highly technical, very scientific. In fact, I think you'd be anti-science not to acknowledge the existence of these objects. You don't have to acknowledge that they're aliens, but they're certainly there. They're certainly in the sky. They're certainly all around us. They're certainly, you know, objects that are unidentified. And you might be able to identify 90% of these things as explainable or as natural or as a hoax, but 10% aren't. Officially. But they shelve the 10% and they focus on the 90%. That's standard policy. It's not just Project Sign, Grudge, or Blue Book. The Canadian government established their first secret committee to investigate aerial phenomena in 1950. The program was codenamed Project Magnet and headed by Wilbert Smith. That same year, the United Kingdom's Ministry of Defense established their first official study of UFOs, as well, under the name Flying Saucer Working Party, the FSWP. Having studied numerous reports of the UFO UAP, the FSWP consulted with the CIA and the US Air Force and their project that we know as grudge so not only did the US government and the Canadian government have secret investigations and then a public investigation in the United States into UFOs but the UK's Ministry of Defense established the FSwp and they studied UFOs and then they consulted with the CIA and and U.S. Air Force Project Grudge. Amid all these reports, amid all these investigations, amid all the crashes, amid all the things that were that were looked at by the military and other groups and people at universities and in the government, one major thing was piquing the attention of the United States federal government, along with the Soviet Union and other governments around the world, including, uh, you know, a, a number of uh, uh, of uh, installations in um, uh, the UK. And that was the subject of nuclear proliferation. Because these objects, some famous incidences, Minot Air Force Base was one of them, but other facilities around the United States, where these objects shut down nuclear missiles. These objects found secret military bunkers and incurred upon them these objects not only shut down those nuclear weapons they did so remotely simultaneously shutting down multiple weapons something that's essentially impossible to do one's almost impossible to do 10 simultaneously is is otherworldly in one case one of these ufo's removed i think it was a 20-ton concrete lid to a nuclear missile silo. Military craft disappeared for decades. I'm sure, it still happens today. Military craft disappeared. In one case, according to a report, a craft, and these are stories all over the world, not just the United States, a craft was essentially disintegrated in midair, a plane. Everything that was metal disintegrated. And the pilot was basically left in the air. I don't even, that doesn't even register with me, but there are military government reports of things like that happening. Planes go missing. They go into a cloud, they don't come out of the cloud. Chasing a UFO. At one point, the government's official policy was to try to shoot the things down. They found out when they started to engage them, these craft not only were able to move at speeds that are incomprehensible even today, these craft were able to use complex and seemingly uh hyper advanced weapon systems that weren't really destructive so much as they were just they make make things vanish planes just literally disappear there's no wreckage there's no black box there's no radio communication there's no mayday things just disappeared and vanished just gone see the media and the government as well as so-called skeptics and people that don't really have an opinion like to write all of this off as being a single case uh, here or there that might or might not be explainable. It's something the media laughs at. The government tries to play it down. But when you get into it, you find out that governments, the military in particular, has a huge interest in something of this nature. They have a huge interest in the subject of UFOs. They have a huge interest in all this. Why? Because, well, there's clearly a threat. National security. They're not telling the public that. But see, now it's like even Bill Nelson, NASA chief, has suggested that UFOs have otherworldly origins. Former CIA director John Brennan has speculated that these things might constitute a different form of life. John Ratcliffe, former President Trump's Director of National Intelligence, also has been vocal about UFOs. This is big government, big military, and that's what NASA is, is military. Big military acknowledgment. So much so That NASA, led by Jim Green, the agency's chief scientist, is working on a framework to understand life beyond Earth and what we would be able to say to extraterrestrial life if and when it was found. This is NASA working officially on a script, working on a speech to give to those aliens when we find them. Why would they be doing this? Probably because they already found them. We're going to explore this more in detail tonight on The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. Stay with us. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is The Secret Teachings Radio on the Fringe FM.
0: If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit the website... TheSecretTeachings.info And subscribe to our show archive As a yearly subscriber You can download and stream Every show after it airs And get access to the digital versions Of each one of Ryan's books The show offers weekly And monthly subscriptions Or for $50 a year Get access to the archive Montages and digital books At a discounted price Just visit TheSecretTeachings.info And click on your subscription supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and Alex
2: Exum. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio. After years and years of research, I compiled most of the important components of what I learned into three books. Food Philosophy, The Technological Elixir, and Occult Arcana. And by happenstance, those books turned into a trilogy that can be, but doesn't need to be, read in order. Food philosophy explores the nature of what it means to be healthy, while examining the ways in which the public is deceived about their food and water. It also explores disease theories and why astronomical events like comets may be more responsible for illnesses than pathogens. It concludes with a look at geoengineering. The technological elixir picks up where the food book leaves off. It explores technology with its benefits and dangers, looking at smart tech, the Internet of Things, advanced advanced robotics and quantum computers. The text takes us to the mark of the beast, magic, and the music industry, focusing heavily on material death cults and pacts with the devil, and of course, black goo. It concludes with an analysis of UFO cults and an otherworldly or dimensional presence influencing mankind through technology. Occult Arcana is truly stand-alone as an encyclopedia of occult knowledge, covering theology, science, and mythology, symbolism, ritualism, and magic, voodoo, witchcraft, talismans, nursery rhymes alchemy and more occult arcana ties it all together all three books are available in digital form and they are autographed if you'd like in paperback just visit the secret where you can read reviews and buy yourself a copy or two today Whether for yourself, family, or friends, they make a wonderful gift for the holidays, something that we explore in detail in the Occult Arcana book. Again, I'm Ryan Gable with the Secret Teachings Radio. Food philosophy, the technological elixir, and Occult Arcana are my books. I hope you get a copy and support the show today.
0: And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email Ryan at
1: rdgable at yahoo. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with
0: your host, Ryan Gable.
2: Ryan Gable, your host, and you are tuned into the Secret Teachings Radio right here on The Fringe FM. Now, NASA isn't as scientific as it is military. That doesn't mean the military isn't scientific. The military has their own scientists. The military has scientific and technological progression decades ahead of what we see in public. But NASA is first and foremost. A military operation. It's not an opinion. That's a fact. NASA is and has been typically run by military personnel, former military personnel. NASA is therefore a military branch of what we might consider to be a space program. Sure, it's the foundation of a space program that has now turned into a lot of private enterprises. But NASA, if it wasn't before, it certainly is now. NASA is the military branch of planet Earth's space exploration. It is military. I find it really interesting that NASA is so concerned with UFOs and alien life beyond Earth, that NASA has now... Established, or they've announced the beginning of an established community effort to develop a framework on how to speak to and what we would say to extraterrestrial life. Now, NASA says that this is for the future. This is if we find life somewhere else. This is what we will say to them. I find it interesting because NASA has a lot of these a lot of these press conferences. And tune in Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. And when you tune in, NASA's gonna have some big revelation. And it's usually never anything important. People tune in with their NASA hats. They tune in with their their bowl of chips and they're like, What's NASA gonna tell us? Are aliens real NASA? And then NASA's like, Well, we found um we found some rocks on Mars and everybody doesn't really get excited because there's nothing to get excited about. And uh, then it's pretty much it. We all just kind of go back, go back to our own lives and we don't really think much, much more about it. But you know, when NASA puts together some kind of, some kind of list uh, uh, of some kind of, uh, you know, framework on how to communicate with extraterrestrials, and that's what it is. And this is officially, this is on NASA's website. If you want to look it up, I have it linked on our website, thesecretteachings.info, where you can just type in are we alone in the universe question mark NASA calls for new framework. NASA calls for new framework, encouraging the scientific community to establish a framework that provides context for finding uh, findings related to the search for life. Writing in the journal Nature, they proposed creating a scale for evaluating and combining different lines of evidence that would ultimately lead to answering the ultimate question, are we alone in the universe? Now, you know, for, for a long, long, long time, people have been waiting for this. They've been waiting for disclosure. They've been waiting to hear what would happen if life was found beyond planet Earth. And we always... Rely on NASA. We always rely on the government. And you know, it's like look back in the 40s, Project Sign, Project Grudge, and Project Blue Book. These projects from 1948 until the late 1950s, late 1960s, developed from an official UFO investigation by the USAF, the US Air Force, into a public relations stunt to dismiss 90%, and therefore, by extension, 100% of these sightings as being nothing more than explainable area phenomena, natural astronomical objects, or outright hoaxes. The 10%, of course, being considered legitimate, but being shelved. We're not allowed to talk about the 10%. We know a lot about Sign and Grudge and Blue Book, but we don't know about Project Magnet. Project Magnet was a code name for a Canadian committee, a secret committee, that investigated aerial phenomena in 1950. And in the UK, their first official, headed by the Ministry of Defense, first official study of UFOs, Flying Saucer Working Party, the FSWP, they studied numerous reports of the UFO UAP, and they consulted with the Central Intelligence Agency and the U.S. Air Force Project Grudge. That's interesting. You don't hear a lot about that on those UFO shows. That's not really you know a fault of somebody, but there's a lot more to what you see on those shows. There's a lot more to what is shown on television, and there's a lot more to what you hear in radio a lot of the time. See, I'm doing my own research. I'm reading books. I'm investigating. I'm digging into this I'm trying to see what is beyond the veil. And furthermore, what is beyond what is placed in front of the veil? I want to get behind that. I want to see the veil. I want to lift the veil. I want to see what they put behind the veil. I want to see what's behind that because there's another veil and another veil and another veil. I want to see the connection. I want to understand what is going on here. I don't need the media, or the government to tell me that UFOs are crazy, you're crazy for believing in them, This, when the military has been interested in these things since ghost rockets, since Foo Fighters. The military has been interested in these things since they started incurring on military operations. Way before the Tic Tac. Way before 21st century. Go back to the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. Look at the proliferation of nuclear weapons. You know that the 509th bombardment group, the group that was tasked with carrying an atomic weapon, the only group, and they were located in Roswell. And of course you know what happened at Roswell. And we know about the Guy Hotel memo and we know about uh, affidavits signed by an affidavit signed by Brigadier General Thomas DuBose, or Dubose that the weather balloon was just a cover story. The Guy Hotel memo tells us uh, you know a similar story we know about all that and we should if we're we're at this point in our UFO investigations the thing is you know it's not just the 509th bombardment group the, the USS Franklin Roosevelt was one of three ships that was uh, that was basically licensed that was allowed to carry atomic weapons and the USS Franklin Roosevelt had had UFO encounters. do you know that CVA Dash 4-2, the USS Franklin D. Roosevelt had encounters with UFOs, and they were allowed to carry nuclear weapons. The UFOs, the UAPs, whatever they are, are interested in nuclear technology. They're interested in uranium mines. The proliferation of the UFO UAP after World War II was one thing, but after testing and detonating atomic weapons in 1945, and perhaps in Germany shortly before that, because the Germans had tested something called the disintegration bomb, wasn't as top secret as die Gloc, but close, Human civilization was overwhelmed by these unidentified intrusive objects. And perhaps these craft had good reason to be interested or concerned. By 1967, the nuclear weapons stockpile in the U.S. alone reached 30,983 nuclear warheads, compared with only a few thousand in the mid-1950s. The rapid proliferation resulted in an explosion of sightings, reports, and intrusions, including on the USS Franklin and, you know, prior to this in the 1940s, the 509th Bombardment Group, Roswell, and various, numerous atomic energy installations from Los Alamos to Hanford to secret missile facilities, uh, nuclear missile facilities during the Cold War. Uh, Minot Air Force Base is a classic. Malmstrom Air Force Base is a classic in terms of these stories. And, th- and those those people who witnessed them, uh, Salas and others, that they they've been in the news recently. The they just held a new conference in Washington a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago, uh, just like they did about a decade ago, calling on the government, calling on the public. This was at the, the National Press Club, I believe it was. That's where they held it, and they were calling the public to, in the government, to just you know acknowledge this. This is real. This isn't a joke. This isn't a comic book. This is real, and it's a threat. My question is, though, is it a threat to national security and the public or just a threat to national security? Are they really a threat to the public or are they just a threat to the military? You might, well, by extension, threat to the military, threat to the country, threat to the people. But are they really a threat to the people or are they just a threat to global supremacy? Are they just a threat to government dominance, government control? They might not be a threat to the general public. And that's something that we need to think about. Something we need to talk about. Sure, they're all over nuclear missile silos. Sure, they're flying over Washington in the fifties. Do you remember that? That's on video. So a lot of this stuff has been forgotten. It's been it's been intentionally and unintentionally covered up, discarded, done away with by documentaries, by movies, by TV shows that don't even intend to do that, but because they get everybody hyped up about Roswell. We don't know about some of these other encounters. Look at the the nuclear missile depots in the Soviet Union or in uh, the U.K., UFOs. Uh, You know, uranium deposits, uranium mining, uh, places where UFOs have been sighted there. I mean, it shows you that these objects have an interest in nuclear technology, nuclear weapons, and nuclear energy. And we also see that from Project Sign to Grudge to Blue Book, whether official or unofficial, the government has had a huge, and the military has had a huge interest in the subject of the UFO. In fact, an Army intelligence memo from Major U.G. Carlin in August of 1950 reveals that since, quote, July 30th, 1950, objects round and form have been sighted over the Hanford AEC plant. That's the Atomic Energy Commission plant. These objects reportedly were above 15,000 feet in altitude, Air Force jets attempted interception with negative results. All over, all over nuclear missile installations, all over nuclear weapons storage sites, all over laboratories under the Atomic Energy Commission that were making bombs, all over these places. From Los Alamos and Sandia Base in New Mexico to places like Minot, places like Maelstrom, or Vandenberg Air Force Base, where an unidentified flying object took out a dummy warhead on an intercontinental ballistic missile, traveling at—I've heard eight to twelve thousand miles an hour. This object just like parked beside it, circled it, hit it with a beam, boom, gone, disappeared, failed, didn't reach the target. How is that just a conspiracy? How is how is that just fun and games? How is that just you know? Just a joke. I mean, go. you want to see what, what, what place has the highest per capita, you know, per people living there, UFO reports in the country, it's, it's Idaho. And the highest concentration of people are in Idaho Falls and Boise. These places are not very far from the Idaho National Laboratory, which is the Department of Energy, like the AEC, and they took a lot of nuclear material there. They've tested nuclear reactors there, 50 or so officially, over you know, a time period from the 50s until today. There's nuclear waste that's in the water and the ground to this day. And, um, you know, you have Atomic City there, which is in 1961, there was a nuclear reactor that exploded there. Obviously, they called Atomic City for a reason. Um, And you have Arco, Arco, Idaho there, one of the first cities to be powered by uh, nuclear uh, energy. And so, you know, you look at this, Look at this thing, and you, and you realize well, these UFOs are really interested in nuclear tech, interested in nuclear energy, interested in nuclear you know weapons, and they've been interested in them since the detonation of the atomic bomb in the 40s. They've been interested in them since the proliferation in the 60s, since the introduction of satellites into space. These things are here. This isn't a TV show. This isn't a comic book. This isn't a movie. This isn't even a a, a, a good documentary. This is reality. This is reality. But see... Media, government, and others have made this a fiction. They've made this, intentionally or otherwise, a joke. It's not a joke. The military isn't laughing. The government isn't laughing. Serious investigators aren't laughing. NASA is not laughing. NASA is encouraging the scientific community to establish, as of October 28th of last month, a framework that provides context for finding related uh, information, relating uh, findings related to the re, uh, research and the search for life outside of this planet. In the journal Nature, these scientists at NASA proposed creating a scale for evaluating and combining different lines of evidence that would ultimately lead to answering the ultimate question, are we alone in the universe? Now, you think about this, and you think about perhaps the, the idea that they're looking at different lines of evidence. I mean, that could mean they craft this in a way so they never have to acknowledge that aliens are whatever are real. In the article led by Jim Green, the agency's chief scientist, a NASA group offers a sample scale to use as a starting point for discussion among anyone who would use it, such as scientists and communicators. They envision a scale informed by decades of experience in astrobiology, a field that probes the origins of life on Earth and possibilities of life elsewhere. So they put this scale together. It contains seven levels, seven different levels in this scale to determine if there is life beyond Earth. Of course, if something falls outside of the scale, it wouldn't fit the bill, and it would be written off. So my question, first and foremost, is NASA might be creating another Project Blue Book, but rather rather than investing in UFOs, UAPs, they're investigating something else. They're investigating the idea of life elsewhere, and are they going to write off that it's just pretty much impossible for life to exist based on a criteria created by man who has put a restriction, who has stifled and stagnated the investigation into such things when we know that there are water on other bodies in our solar system. We know that there's fossilized forms of life on bodies in our solar system. We know that bacteria can survive in the vacuum of space on the outside of the International Space Station. I'd say the odds are pretty good that life exists beyond planet Earth and not too far beyond planet Earth. I wouldn't be surprised if life exists right now on the moon, maybe even the dark side of the moon. And while China goes, you know, into space and they want to go and they want to do things that the United States, you know, pioneered in the 60s in the Soviet Union during the space race, the United States has decided, you know, during the previous uh, 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 Obama administration to just scrap the shuttle program, scrap investigations. Let's put all of our money into climate change. Let's put all of our money into gender studies. That'll really help advance the human race. Let's put all of our money into our differences, rather than what brings us together and what compels us to go beyond Earth and to create and to build something new somewhere else. Billionaires are investing in that, and a lot of billionaires invest in it for the same reason. Oh, the Earth is done. It's over. The climate's just dis- We destroyed the planet. Let's move on to another one. I, I just want I just want there to be, personally, I just want there to be, you know, exploration for the sake of exploration. I just want to see exploration and investigation for the sake of exploration and investigation. I I would like the public to be aware, I would like you to be aware, that NASA astronauts have seen unidentified flying objects on missions to the moon. That's official. I would like you to know that NASA has officially stated that the moon is hollow. That's official, and people look at me when I say that, and they they, they act like I'm crazy, and, and my question is always, have, have you read the things that I've read? That doesn't mean that I'm a genius, but my God, have you read what two Soviet scientists proposed in the 1960s? Have you read that those two scientists proposed that the moon was perhaps a hollowed-out artificial spaceship? You can laugh at me, but you're not laughing at Ryan Gable. You're laughing at two of the top scientists in the Soviet Union. You can laugh at Ryan Gable all you want, but if you're laughing at Ryan Gable, you're also laughing at NASA. You're laughing at Bill Nelson, NASA chief. You know, Bill Nelson said somewhat recently that UFOs might have other worldly origins. After speaking with several of the naval aviators who observed the unknown craft, NASA's chief, Bill Nelson, is convinced that the pilots, those that saw the Tic Tacs, saw something and their radars locked onto it. That doesn't really tell us much. That's a a scrubbed quote. But when asked to speculate about the nature of the phenomena, Nelson, who's an Army veteran, former senator, and ex-astronaut, said the following. Who am I to say that planet Earth is the only location of a life form that is civilized and organized like ours, end quote. Former CIA director John Brennan speculated that the objects might, quote, constitute a different form of life. Brennan also said, it's a bit presumptuous and arrogant for us to believe that there's no other form of life anywhere in the entire universe. In the same vein, former CIA director James Woolsey, James Woolsey, a longtime UFO skeptic, also signaled openness to the possibility that such encounters have otherworldly explanations. Well, I don't need them to tell me this because I've got Memorandum 6751 that told me not only do these craft and these beans have otherworldly origins, they have other dimensional origins. And that was back in 1948. Others like John Ratcliffe ruled out that secret U.S. technology was responsible for these tic tacs and cited, quote, high confidence that intelligence. Uh, intelligence from basically from beyond this world. And another form of intelligence, you know, was responsible. That it, it wasn't, you know, uh, foreign adversaries. It wasn't secret U.S. technology. Technology that we don't have, and frankly, he said, that we are not capable of defending against. Yeah, they've known that since the detonation of atomic weapons, since the proliferation of those atomic weapons, and they know that today. So if you disagree with Ryan Gable, you're disagreeing with NASA. You're disagreeing with top scientists. You're disagreeing with CIA heads. You're disagreeing with astronauts. You're not disagreeing with Ryan Gable and the secret teachings. You're not disagreeing with somebody you think is a conspiracy theorist, although I don't even know what that means. You're disagreeing with science. You're disagreeing with probability. You're disagreeing with mathematics. You're disagreeing with statistics. You're disagreeing with mathematical formulae. You're disagreeing with all the wonderful things that the skeptics like to hold on to so dearly. I believe in science. I believe in telescopes. But you don't believe in evidence. You don't believe in facts. You believe in your own frame of mind. You don't believe that there's anything beyond that. Just like you don't believe there could be anything beyond Earth. You believe everything is here on Earth. You're very Earth-centric. You're very anti-science, aren't you? NASA's calling for this new framework. It might just be like Project Blue Book. Look, they say they've got seven levels reflective of the winding, complicated staircase, the winding, complicated staircase of steps that would lead a scientist to declare they found life beyond Earth. They've already declared it. There is life beyond Earth, but nevertheless, they're going to take control of the narrative today. Along the spectrum, technologies that are being developed will help to determine whether these seven levels on this new NASA scale. Are accurate, are valid in determining life. I mean, if you just let's say ruled out as one of the levels that water was a prerequisite for life, and you found water, you could still say, well, there's no, there's no evidence of life. I mean, just I just imagine like a NASA astronaut who's been in, like everything is totally open except there's like two people that want to sabotage the mission, and there's a NASA astronaut live feed on Mars. There's an alien, you know, life form. You know, just over the hill. And and they're told, don't walk over that hill. We know what's over there. It's a giant city. Just stay here in this little this little deserted area. Stay here in this little valley. Look around. Tell us you found nothing. We prove to the world there's no such thing as aliens. And then the NASA astronauts are like, let's go over the hill. You're like, no, no, nope, no. Nope. That's an order. You have to get back on the ship. There's nothing over there. Or a NASA astronaut just looking on the ground. There's a little bug that runs by on Mars. NASA's like, uh, shh, any sign of life? NASA astronaut looks around, squashes the bug. Shh. Nope, everything's good down here. Nope, no sign of life. Shh. Over. You know, it's just that's that's as simple as it could be, or as complex as it could be to pull off a hoax. It doesn't have to be everybody involved, and you don't have to. You don't have to. You know, create a a, a sound stage to to fake it. You don't even have to fake going to the moon. You can go to the moon, just don't show people the real pictures. You airbrush the pictures. People have won awards for airbrushing pictures for NASA. They've won awards for airbrushing. You know that? They've won awards for airbrushing pictures for NASA. Why why are people so afraid? Project Sign, Project Grudge, and Project Blue Book, and then the Canadian Project Magnet and the Flying Saucer Working Party of the U.K., U.S.-Canadian, U.K. investigation into UFOs. What are they so afraid of to acknowledge it to the public? Back then... It was. We don't know what this is. Let's investigate it. When they found that they don't know what it is, they can't defend against it. Planes went missing. Nuclear laboratories or laboratories where nuclear weapons were being uh, developed. Those things were were monitored by by UFOs, and and the you know other missile uh, facilities, missile silos were monitored and missiles were shut down. And so in the sixties, you know, serious protocols were 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 investigated. Like what what would happen if NASA finds alien life? What did they do? They, 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 you know, the, the plan that advised NASA was the Brookings Institute, December of 1960, that pointed out the real danger of uh, social disintegration. If humanity had discovered that there were alien life forms, the Brookings report suggested anthropological files contain many uh, examples of society uh, societies sure of their place in the universe, which have disintegrated when they had to associate with previously unfamiliar societies espousing different societies in different ways. Basically meaning that you know our society would crumble if we came into contact with, with beings from somewhere else. I don't know if we would, and maybe things have changed. There's been enough UFO movies and documentaries and conferences that people are ready to hear this. The Vatican says they'll baptize the aliens. NASA says we need a framework to tell the aliens who we are. You know, Others would argue we've already done this, and this is just a public relations a coup, just a public relations, it's just propaganda. It's like the UAP report. It doesn't tell us anything substantial. We already knew this stuff. There's a lot more going on in space than NASA would let you, let you believe. A lot more going on in the media would let you believe, or your friends for that matter. Maybe that's why you listen to shows like this, to get information that blows people's minds. At least I hope that's what you get. If you do, subscribe to the show, buy a book, donate to our moving fund, rdgable at yahoo.com. And stay with us, there's more after this. You could listen to this.
0: And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence, but... (laughs)
1: www.thesecretteachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures and even order yours today. It not only supports the secret teachings and Bend.
2: But most importantly, it supports you. People ask me every day what they can do to take control of their life in the face of an onslaught of misleading information and outright lies. I always tell them to take control of what they put in their body, including clean water. I personally used a Pro One water filter long before the company became Pro One after a few years, I decided to get an affiliate program set up for the show. Here's how it works. Visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Pro 1 water filter link on the slider bar at the top of the page. Whatever you purchase on their website, we get a small percentage. It's an honest and beneficial way to support The Secret Teachings and yourself. They've got water filters for the kitchen, dorm room, and even shower heads so things like chlorine don't become vaporized in the hot shower and inhaled. They make a great gift for yourself, your family, or your friends, and especially a great gift around Around the holy days. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the banner, support Pro One, and support the secret teachings five nights a week on The Fringe FM
3: they all say the same thing they're all like you know over the last four years everything good that happened was cause of us and we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys and then the democrats go oh, we did all the good stuff it's like you're all working for the same guy
0: want more of the
2: fringe check out the fringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows also don't forget to check out the fringe mobile app or the other ways you can
0: tune in through the paranormal radio app and talk stream live where the normal and paranormal collide it's the fringe fm are you intrigued by paranormal talk radio you'll love the new paranormal radio app from talk stream live you'll find a great selection of talk shows covering ufos ghosts strange phenomena and much more Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store.
3: This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash Teachings.
0: of Caravan to Midnight, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings.
3: I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable.
0: Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Gentlemen, thank you so much for the great work that you guys are doing. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Passio from whatonearthishappening.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable.
2: Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for tuning in. As always, I'm going to call out to all listeners who have supported the show. I want to thank you so much for subscribing, for buying a book, for becoming a member on Patreon. We're trying to move the studio to the Southwest, to Arizona. We survive on just about $1,000 a month, so it all comes from listeners like you. So please continue to support the show. If you'd like to help us in our studio move, you can donate on PayPal. We're trying to reach about $1,000. And when I've done fundraisers like this in the past, it's usually worked. It's just openness, honesty. I hope that you know by now I'm an honest guy. Trying to raise $1,000 for the move of the studio. You can donate on PayPal rdgable at yahoo.com is that email rdgable at yahoo.com or you can click the link on our website at thesecretteachings.info that's thesecretteachings.info or if you'd like a book you can buy a book that supports us as well www.thesecretteachings.info or subscribe to the archive the best deal is for one year 50 bucks you get access to all the montages all the digital books the whole archive to download and stream and a physical copy of one of my books, Free Shipping in the United States. It's all at www.thesecretteachings.info. Since the 1940s, and even before that, the military has been plagued with ghost rockets, foo fighters, orbs, disks, things that are unexplained, things that... They could be explained with proper, open, scientific investigation. And that's what the Air Force attempted to do in 1948 with Project Sign. It kind of devolved into Project Grudge, and then that devolved into Project Blue Book, which wrote off 90% of their investigation as a hoax, explainable aerial phenomena, and natural astronomical objects. And the reason I want you to support this show over other shows is because we look at this subject and we provide you with a different perspective. Did you know that the Canadian government, they had a secret committee that investigated UFOs in 1950. It was called Project Magnet. That same year, the UK's Ministry of Defense, they initiated their first official study on UFOs, the FSWP, Flying Saucer Working Party. The FSWP even consulted with the CIA and the U.S. Air Force, Project Grudge. What scientists, what engineers, what researchers found out was that UFOs don't seem to be happy about nuclear proliferation. And maybe they have a good reason to be interested in such a thing. By 1967, the United States alone had over 30,000 nuclear weapons. This rapid proliferation resulted, just like after the detonation of an atomic bomb in the 40s, with Roswell and other incidences, explosions of sightings, reports and intrusions, military craft that just vanished. Roswell, of course is home to the Roswell Army Airfield, and back in the 1940s, that was home to the 509th Bombardment Group or the world's first unit equipped to carry nuclear weapons. The USS Franklin Roosevelt CVA-42 experienced contact with unknown craft as well. In 1958, CVA-42 was one of only three aircraft carriers in the Navy's fleet equipped to carry nuclear weapons and the only carrier allowed to transport the hydrogen bomb. What does that tell you? Whether at land, whether at sea, well, they're underground. These objects are finding the nuclear technology. They're like the parasite from Godzilla. They're finding those nuclear bombs that they use to lure them out to sea. They're feeding off of the radiation. Maybe these things are being charged by this radiation. Maybe they're concerned. Maybe they're from inside the Earth. Maybe they're from beyond this Earth in another dimension. Maybe they're from another world. Maybe they're from another planet in our solar system. But nevertheless, these things are present. They are here, and the military has taken them seriously. NASA has also taken them very seriously. NASA, back in the 60s, at the beginning of the Apollo program, of the beginning of the, 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 the uh, moon program, NASA, just like other government agencies, followed the whether it was directly or indirectly, followed the recommendation of the Brookings Institute, completing a study in the 1960s, 1960 in December, that if there were things that we discovered in space, it probably would be best to keep that on the DL, because a lot of societies on Earth have vanished when they come into contact with other societies that they're unfamiliar with. More advanced societies, societies that they don't mesh so well. The Brookings Institute report speculated there would also be discoveries of artifacts on planets like Mars, Venus, and the Moon. And in fact, a Mars um, excuse me, a Moon uh, report from NASA. I've got a copy of it here. We've talked about it on recent shows. T R R two seven seven documented all these anomalies on the Moon from uh, about 500 years ago until the 1960s. So, when you look at, like, the Brookings Institute, they acknowledge, yes, there's probably going to be discoveries on other planets. This would be detrimental to society. Keep it hush-hush. NASA, in the 60s, acknowledged there are bizarre things happening on the moon. Now, I always think, they just like Roswell, Roswell's like the, the definite case, but there's so much more than Roswell. There's so much more than the Aztec crash. There's so much more than these these cases that are just over and over, repeated, repeated, repeated. I think that plays to the vulnerability of ufology and research into the unknown because the big ones get blown up. That's what the media focuses on. That's what the government focuses on. And just like Project Blue Book, they use that to discredit legitimate things. Not that Roswell isn't legitimate, but they use those 10%. They use those 10% as as basically, you know, the crust that's useless and that is insignificant because the sandwich, the 90%, according to Blue Book, that's where, where the real meat is. That's where the peanut butter and jelly is. That's where the sunflower butter and jam is, right there in the middle. Forget about that crust, that 10% we can't explain. That's not natural. That's not explainable. This is not a hoax. Don't worry about that. In fact, this got so bad... NASA, you know, today wants to have this, this assessment done. They're calling for scientists to come up with, uh, you know, a, 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 a determining factors and how we should communicate with aliens, like what we should do, how we should determine that there are extraterrestrials, there are aliens, and how we should deal with it. I mean, that's, that's pretty interesting, but you know, that's, that's a total reversal of what the government had done back in the 50s. Although the government has tended to dismiss their own interest in the subject, they've always acted to convince the public that such an interest is itself a silly waste of time, while they themselves are very interested in the subject. They're dismissing dismissing their own interest, but they're very interested, of course. They've done this by distorting evidence. In 1952, after the issue of UFOs and UAPs had become and remained a consistent threat, And this, again, was in 1952. So in 1952, Project Blue Book had just begun. And Project Blue Book took a lot, it seems like, took a lot of their conclusive evidence before the fact from this secret Office of Scientific Intelligence panel convened by the CIA with a number of experts to discuss UFOs. Those on the panel included Dr. H.P. Robertson, for which the panel was named the Robertson Panel, Dr. Louis Alvarez, Dr. Lloyd Berkner, Dr. Samuel Goodsmith, Dr. Thornton Page, along with special associate members like the OSIs, that's the CIA's Frederick C. Durant III, it's also known as the Durant Report, and Dr. J. Allen Hynek, who I'm sure most of you recognize by name. This group got together under the direction of the Central Intelligence Agency, and their goal was to take official, legitimate UFO cases and like what would happen at the end of Project Blue Book, shelve the 10% and focus on the 90% that could be solved so much so that this report ultimately determined that the best way to do this is to take the most bizarre cases, focus on them, and then show that even though they're bizarre, they're easily explained. They're easily identified. They're not that difficult. They're not that scary. Don't worry about it. We've got this all under control. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of the Durant report. Maybe some of you hardcore UFO people have. But a lot of people haven't. Captain Edward Ruppelt, who headed Project Blue Book, and Major Dewey Fournette, were also in attendance at some of the meetings. So it's no surprise that Blue Book's conclusion was very similar to the Durant report. In conclusion, the panel found that, quote, reasonable explanations could be suggested for most sightings, and that by deduction and scientific method, it could be induced that other cases might be explained in a similar manner. Of course, that's very unscientific, ultimately, because if you're just saying, look, we found nine examples of things we can explain, one we can't, no matter what we do, no matter how we look at it, so it must just be explained because of the other 9%, or the other 99%, rather, or the other you know, 90%, I should say, the, nine, the other nine cases, the other 90%. So it's, it's kind of like they say nine out of ten doctors recommend. Well, I want to know why the one doctor didn't recommend it. I want to know why the, why the one dentist didn't recommend the toothpaste, the toothbrush, or the tooth, you know, the, the mouthwash. Why? Well, why did, they, why did the one doctor not recommend it? Why did the one dentist not recommend it? Why are there 10% that we're not focusing on? Why do we just care about the 90%? Because that's the majority, right? Well, I can get a group of people together that agree and say 100% people agree. Well, yes, in that study, in that group. Now, despite the obvious absurdity of such a reality, that everything can just be explained because a few things have been explained, the panel also concluded that there was no evidence of a threat or a direct threat to national security. Which is pretty incredible, considering the fact that at that time they put the panel together because there was clearly a direct threat to national security. They also said that there was no evidence of hostile acts or danger that exists. There's, quote, no evidence of hostile act or danger that exists. That was partially determined by what they called the the will-of-the-wisp nature of the problem something that is also not accurate. The, 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 yeah, it's sure, certainly will-o'-the-wisp. They certainly come and go and disintegrate planes and disappear and just move at speeds that are incomprehensible even today in 2021. But this is uh, this is inaccurate. But the report, of course, was no different than what Blue Book would be. Known as the Robertson Panel Report or the Durant Report, the CIA panel cited concerns over the misidentification of actual enemy aircrafts the overloading of emergency reporting channels with false information, and the subjectivity of the public to mass hysteria and greater vulnerability to possible enemy psychological warfare. Kind of like what the Brookings report suggested in 1960. And if we want to look at some dates here, we can recognize that the year that they determined this in 1952, the same year that Project Blue Book got underway, the Brookings Institute in 1960 determined that it would be not a good idea to tell the world about aliens and artifacts found on other planets. So NASA determined that was the best case of action, the best course of action. And then in 1969, when we went to the moon, the blue book project ended and they said, look, there's no evidence. The Brookings report was, was uh, completed nine years earlier. They said, look, there's might be evidence, but we can't tell the public this. And, Back to this Durant report, they determined the same thing. This was official. This is how the military, this is how the government concluded all of this. Perhaps the most interesting component of the Durant or the Robertson report is their manner of debunking the UFO UAP. Here's how they said they debunk it. The debunking aim would result in reduction in public interest in flying saucers. This education could be accomplished by mass media, such as television, motion pictures, and popular articles. Basis of such education would be actual case histories, which had been puzzling at first, but later explained. That is a really important statement from the Durant Report. And I'm gonna to have to read that to you again because it's so important. Maybe if you got a drink or you took a bite of something, you missed it. This is critical. This is what the CIA determined in 1952, and this was prior to the conclusion from Blue Book that there was no threat to And essentially, there was no existence of these craft. 10% of the cases, sure, but they focused on 90%. The Brookings Institute said, look, there probably are artifacts on Venus and Mars and the moon, but we can't tell the public this. It could disintegrate society. The CIA determined eight years before the Brookings report and at the very beginning of the Blue Book report how they would go about debunking this to the public. And this is exactly what we've seen from educational institutes, from media, from Hollywood, from news in general, from radio. We've seen the same thing. This is what the report said. The debunking aim would result in reduction in public interest in flying saucers. And although it has, I think what they didn't say was that it also increased some people's interest and further led to a debunking because those people sound crazy and, and the whole subject can be written off. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. They called it education. They said this education could be accomplished by mass media, such as television, motion pictures, and popular articles. Basis of such education would be actual case histories, which had been puzzling at first, but later explained. In other words, focus on the 90%, not the 10%, which in 1969, the year we went to the moon, That was what Blue Book told us when they concluded their report. This is what the CIA panel, known as Durant or Roberts, this is what they also, Robertson rather, this is what they also concluded. The public should be educated through mass media, television, motion pictures and articles. And this education should be taking case histories of things that are unidentified, that are puzzling, hmm, and then being able to identify them as something that's natural, something that is explainable, something that is a hoax. This is what the CIA told told uh, the government to do. They also said that they wanted to use documentary films and cartoons as part of the education. One of the cartoon outlets they suggested was using Walt Disney Inc. They wanted to use Walt Disney Incorporated to condition the public to think that this is all nonsense. It was, quote, believed that business clubs, high schools, colleges, and television stations would all be pleased to cooperate in the showing of documentary-type motion pictures if prepared in an interesting manner. End quote. The report also recommended that civilian UFO groups be monitored because, quote, because of their potentiality An influence on mass thinking if widespread sightings should occur. This is actually what the report from the Central Intelligence Agency said. Because of their potentially great influence on mass thinking if widespread sightings should occur, the apparent irresponsibility and the possible use of such groups for subversive purposes should be kept in mind. That is exactly what the UFO cults are all about. The apparent irresponsibility The use of such groups for subversive purposes should be kept in mind. This is in the 1950s. This is what the CIA is saying about the subject of UFOs. This is before Blue Book ever officially determined there's no threat, even though there's certainly a threat, and it's remained so, throughout the Cold War up until modern contemporary times. The military knows that, the government knows that, even in their official unofficial disclosures, a little pat on the back to the public and the researchers and the politicians, their little UAP report, and their Louis Elizondo group on the New York Times and the Pentagon program and the ATIP, all that. It's all the same thing. I, I think it's all part of, of a plan to control the narrative. So why would NASA then be saying we need a comprehensive guideline for determining life and determining what we're going to say to extraterrestrials? Why would the government say that? Why would NASA, which is a military organization, why would NASA say that? Why would NASA want to put this, this thing together? Why would, furthermore, Bill Nelson at NASA, for those of you who don't know Bill Nelson, Bill Nelson is the chief of NASA, why would Bill Nelson suggest that these objects could be from a civilization very much like our own. He said, quote, Who am I to say that planet Earth is the only location of a life form that is civilized and organized like ours? Why did the former CIA director, John Brennan, make similar statements? Or former CIA director, James Woolsey? Why did John Ratcliffe make similar statements? Why have... Senators, Congress people, why have politicians, why have business people, why have they all been interested in declaring that we don't know for sure, but my God, they might be from somewhere else. You know, material not made on this planet, things that aren't from Earth. Why are they telling us this now? Why would they tell us this last year? Why would they tell us this next year? I would be asking the same question. Why suddenly a change in policy? In 1952, it was determined that the public shouldn't know. In nineteen sixty it was determined the public shouldn't know. In nineteen fifty two it was determined that not only the public should not know, the public should be literally brainwashed into thinking that any interest in the subject of UFOs was silly. That it was irresponsible. And not only should it not be, you know, not be left up to the public, it shouldn't be left up to anybody because it's all made up, but the government and the military are still gonna, you know, keep an interest and an eye on the phenomena. Why? Because it's a threat it's a threat to nuclear missiles it's a threat to Atomic energy Commission or Department of Energy facilities it's a threat to U.S air uh, 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 air carriers Air Force planes it, 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 it's a threat to it's a threat to pretty much you know everything and anything that that is the the military might of a nation it is it, it's a threat to the USS Franklin Roosevelt it's a threat to, it was a threat to the 509th Bombardment Group. Why those two group, that group and that aircraft carrier? Why? Because in 1947, Roswell, 509th Bombardment Group, First Nuclear Weapon Unit. 1958, CVA-42, that's the Franklin Roosevelt. One of only three carriers in the Navy's fleet equipped to carry nuclear weapons, the only one carrying the hydrogen bomb. UFOs were very interested in that. Why? Clearly there's some some meaning that can be derived there but see the government and the and 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 the CIA and now NASA they're it's like they're changing their tune but they're not changing their tune i'm not even that excited about this this NASA this NASA guideline this framework because the CIA's position in 1952 was we need to debunk this we need to use disney they literally suggested disney we need to suggest you know we use disney we need to use uh you know actual case studies to go into business clubs and high schools and colleges and use TV and movies and the news to debunk something that's very real. And maybe that's because the military is scared. They don't know. They can't figure this out. It's too complex for them. Or maybe all that's also a hoax. Maybe there are a handful of people that do know. Maybe there are meetings taking place with extraterrestrials. There's a lot of questions here. But from sign to grudge to blue book, and blue book In 1952, initiating. And one of the people that um, attended this CIA uh, Office of Scientific Intelligence panel was Edward Ruppelt, Captain Edward Ruppelt, who headed Project Blue Book. And later, Project Blue Book determined pretty much what this panel determined. There's not really a threat from these things. There's no threat. But despite the fact that they're taking lids off of nuclear missile silos, they're shutting down nuclear missiles, they're on aircraft carriers that... Have the hydrogen bomb? They're on the 509th bombardment group in Roswell. They're all over nuclear weapons, all over AE uh, C uh, uh, installations. They're all over what today's the Department of Energy. They're all over uh, 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 places where there's there's nuclear waste, nuclear you know mining going on, nuclear missiles being stored. They're they're all over that. Not to mention, they're all over secretive military installations, secretive military you know um, uh, excursions. The military even called these things incursions. They 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 like engaged. And and I, I, I tend to think that the whole Tic Tac thing is just a whitewashing. I don't think that it's an acknowledgement that there's something more. I don't think the UAP report that came out this year is anything more than just PR. And and if you disagree with me, that's fine. You can disagree with me. That's cool. Email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. I just can't help but think that NASA's new framework is just an updated 1952 version, you know, a 2021 version of a 1952 program that basically said we need to brainwash the public. We need to debunk these claims with education meant to mislead the public, educators, the media, or all that. That's what it seems like to me. I don't see the government changing their tune, except they're taking what has been made even more popular by pop culture and social media, and they're trying to control the narrative. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. Grab a book, subscribe, support the show, thesecretteachings.info. We'll be back. I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, bringing you health, history, symbolism, and, of course, black goo, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.
0: Release the kraken.
3: If you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult, then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States for a practical balanced and unique look at the food industry vaccinations the theories of disease and geoengineering grab a copy of food philosophy for a deeper look into artificial intelligence ufo cults black goo and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry have a look at the technological elixir Just visit thesecretteachings.info. The
0: truth is out there, and so are we. KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.
2: People ask me every day what they can do to take control of their life in the face of an onslaught of misleading information and outright lies. I always tell them to take control of what they put in their body, including clean water. I personally used a Pro One water filter long before the company became Pro One. And after a few years, I decided to get an affiliate program set up for the show. Here's how it works. Visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Pro One water filter link on the slider bar at the top of the page. Whatever you purchase on their website, we get a small percentage. It's an honest and beneficial way to support The Secret Teachings and yourself. They've got water filters for the kitchen, dorm room, and even shower heads so things like chlorine don't become vaporized in a hot shower and inhaled. They make a great gift for yourself, your family, or your friends, and especially a great gift around the holy days. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the banner, support Pro One, and support The Secret Teachings five nights a week on The Fringe FM.
0: Listen to the Rogie Report every Wednesday live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern here on the Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. ATLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM brings you exclusively The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable.
1: What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Topher. You can find my music at TopherTown.com. And right now you're listening to The Secret Teachings by Ryan Gable.
2: So as you know by now, NASA has come up with a framework. They're in the process of completing the framework on how we would respond to extraterrestrial life, what we would say to them. How would we determine that there is life beyond Earth? NASA scientists are encouraging the scientific community to establish this framework that provides context for findings related to the search for life. In a new article led by Jim Green, the agency's chief scientist, a NASA group offers a sample scale to use as a starting point for discussion among anyone who would use it, such as scientists and communicators. The scale contains seven different levels that will be, help, uh, will be used to help determine whether life exists beyond Earth. Meanwhile, Chief of NASA Bill Nelson has said that there probably is life beyond Earth. Former CIA director John Brennan and former CIA director James James Woolsey also believe the same. Um, John Ratcliffe, former director of National Intelligence, believes the same. A lot of politicians believe the same, but they also say that because you know it, it encourages your political base, especially those that they love space, they love NASA. You know, John Podesta, for example, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, all interested in those things that we can't identify. But we're also told they don't exist. And, you know, the current climate of denying, of, of outright denial, that UFOs, UAPs, et cetera, exist and are here, goes back to official CIA recommendations back in the 1950s. You know, you all know about Project Sign, Project Grudge, Project Blue Book. Project Blue Book began in 1952. In 1952, the same year, the CIA convened a panel that concluded the public should be kept away from this information. The panel found that reasonable explanations could be suggested for most sightings, not proved, suggested, they said, and by deduction and scientific method it could be induced that other cases might be explained in a similar manner. They also determined there was no evidence of a direct threat to national security and that no evidence of hostile act or danger exists. The Robertson panel, as it was called, or the Durant Report, concluded further, this is a CIA panel, it concluded further that, quote, the debunking aim would result in reduction in public interest in flying saucers. This education could be accomplished by mass media, such as television, motion pictures, and popular articles. Basis of such education would be actual case histories which had been puzzling at first, but then later explained, meaning that they were just going to use things that were really difficult to explain. They finally explained them. Maybe they didn't explain them, but they would use that just like the 90% in Blue Book to discredit the other 10%. And one of the people from Blue Book who headed Blue Book, Captain Edward Ruppelt, was at this CIA meeting in 1952, operated by the Office of Scientific Intelligence, the OSI. It included people like Dr. J. Allen Hynek, Dr. H.P. Robertson, for which the panel was named, Dr. Louis Alvarez, Dr. Lloyd Berkner, Dr. Samuel Goodsmith, and Dr. Thornton Page, I was along with uh, Frederick Durant III and uh, Major Dewey Fornet. They came up with a framework on how to frame the narrative of UFOs. They wanted to use Disney cartoons and documentary films. They said that they believed, quote, business clubs, high schools, colleges, and television stations would all be pleased to cooperate in the showing of documentary type motion pictures if prepared in an interesting manner. The report recommended further that civilian UFO groups be monitored, quote, because of their potentially great influence on mass thinking if widespread sightings should occur. The apparent irresponsibility and the possible use of such groups for subversive purposes should be kept in mind. And like I've been saying for a long time, a lot of these UFO groups, conferences, etc. are infiltrated and they're being used for subversive purposes. You want to talk about subversive purposes? Let's talk about David Wilcock, Corey Goode, and the whole cabal of con artists. Those are people being used for subversive purposes. I don't want to hear what David Wilcock has to say. I want to hear what independent researchers who don't tell me that I'm going to ascend, who don't tell me that I have to pay them money to ascend or to levitate like a saint, I want to hear what they have to say. I'm going to listen to people like Timothy Good. I'm going to listen to people like Jim Mars. I'm going to listen to people like Nick Redfern. Not because I believe everything they say, but because their investigations are more sound. It's like journalism. It's not a sci-fi script. Based on total fantasy. Not even based on something real. That line there gets me, though, from the Durant Report. The apparent irresponsibility and the possible use of such groups for subversive purposes should be kept in mind. They've kept in mind, all right, because they've been using those UFO groups to discredit true, honest investigation into the subject. And even if they, in the sense of government, haven't been doing it, this is still the talking point. This is still the mainline narrative. This is what media does. I go to contact in the desert every year. Haven't had it the last two years because of the so-called pandemic. But the year that I went last time and the time before that and the time before that... Every newspaper that picked up the story, you know, there were a few that ran like neutral stories because it was like paid PR. They paid the newspapers to pr- promote it, so it was an advertisement. but you know some of those groups like um, like Vox would come and they just made fun of people and they just like look at these irresponsible people in the desert wearing you know tight short shorts and you know wearing alien hats and these people are nuts, really because the military thinks it's it's real are they also nuts are, are, are soldiers and captains and colonels and majors are they all nuts every one of them they're all crazy are they irresponsible you know the media does the same thing they use those groups for subversive purposes they just focus on the guy that looks the craziest the girl that looks the craziest they focus on that girl that i saw at contact like three years ago the girl that was literally walking around with the stick like she was some Amazonian warrior in a movie and was just going hut, 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 hut. Somebody I know went to the bathroom, and they came out and they told me that girl was in the bathroom in a stall going hut, 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 hut. Mental illness, okay? Or you're looking for attention. So that kind of thing, yeah, that's what makes UFOs sound crazy. The people that get up on top of the building in Independence Day with the signs. We welcome you to Earth. Oh my God, I hope they bring back Elvis. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of thing that makes you look crazy. That's the kind of thing that makes me look crazy. That's why it gets the airtime. That's why it's in movies. That's why it's in TV shows because it's a joke. And I can laugh at it, but I'm also laughing at my own interest to demise because I know that when I look at things like incursions on nuclear missile facilities, Department of Energy Laboratories, or at one point AEC Laboratories. Aircraft carriers like the Franklin Roosevelt that carried the hydrogen bomb. When I'm looking at, you know, from the United States to Brazil to the Soviet Union, I'm looking at things all over the world, and they're telling the same story. Uh, U.S., uh, Canadian, U.K., UFO investigations. I'm looking at the same exact stories everywhere I look in the world, from Foo Fighters and Ghost Rockets, which were kind of isolated during the Second World War, to the detonation of the atomic bomb, to the storage of over 30,000 nuclear weapons in the United States by the 60s, by 1967, you have a just an absolute monstrous mountain of data. And nowadays, it's easier to dump all that data and to fill it with information like a jelly donut, just pff, squeeze it into there, and then people are going to bite it thinking it's real, and it's not. I don't think ATIP is real. I'm not saying they didn't run an investigation. I don't buy it. I don't believe it. I don't think that it's, let me rephrase it. I don't think that it's real in the sense that it's the only government investigation into the subject of UFOs. I think it's the low-hanging fruit. I'm not even saying Louis Elizondo is is making things up. He's, he's really worked for the government. I, what I have an issue with is that people think that's the only investigation that's ever been conducted on UFOs. And that's why I don't buy it. Project Sign was the first. Ask the average person who knows all about Louis Elizondo, all about A-Tip, and who has a boner for UFOs and the UAP report. And I guarantee you, at least half couldn't tell you what Project Sign was, couldn't tell you what Project Grudge was. If you ask what Project Blue Book is, they're going to tell you it's a History Channel TV show. That's why they, they allow it on TV. That's why they allowed in documentaries that are mass-produced. That's why they put it in kids' shows. That's why they allowed on in, in, in mass media. Because like the CIA report said, the education could be accomplished by mass media such as television, motion pictures, and popular articles. Basis of such education would be actual case histories which have been puzzling at first but later explained. They could use films and cartoons like Disney, the CIA said business clubs, high schools, colleges, television stations would cooperate in showing the documentaries type motion pictures if prepared in an interesting manner. And the same thing that they do with UFOs is the same thing they do with everything else. Telling kids they will be superheroes if they get a vaccine, telling kids that Sesame Street characters got vaccinated, it's no different than telling parents, look, you'll be able to get back into society if you do what we tell you to do. It's the same psychological torture. It's the same psychological manipulation. It's the same alteration, distortion of reality. And they're doing the same thing with UFOs. And what do they want to do? The apparent irresponsibility and the possibility of such groups, UFO groups, for subversive purposes should be kept in mind. And they're doing this exact same thing today. The exact same thing today. Oh, but Ryan, there's pilots all over the world. The pilots don't see UFOs. Although the pilots see UFOs, they just get fined and go to jail if they tell you what they saw. And that goes back to the 50s. In 1954... Airline pilots were gagged by the U.S. government and military. Any pilot spotting a UFO became subject to military restrictions contained in a Joint Army-Navy-Air Force publication called J-A-N-A-P. Pilots violating such terms to tell of what they saw to the public or press could face prison terms of up to 10 years and or fines of thousands of dollars. These restrictions were imposed during a conference between airline representatives and intelligence officers of the military air transport services mats in LA in 1954 you know what they won't tell you I guess this guy's making it up Marine Corps Naval aviator Donald Edward Kehoe he wrote a bunch of books one of them aliens from space he said quote since 1953, The Air Force had known that giant spaceships were operating near our planet. Upon military experimentation with long-range radar equipment, Kehoe described how Air Force operators were astonished to pick up a gigantic object orbiting near the equator. About 18,000 miles an hour, they estimated. Another large object was detected orbiting about 400 miles out and was tracked by Air Force radar. Investigative journalist Warren Smith confirmed that story with a CIA source who informed him that enormous unidentified satellites were being picked up on at least 13 occasions in 1953 alone. So, yeah, they probably have an interest in keeping the public from knowing this. Because, I don't know, maybe the Brookings Institute was right. The Brookings report was right. You tell the public that there's giant ships orbiting the planet This ain't a sci-fi movie? Society disintegrates. Maybe they're right. That report came out eight years after the CIA report. And nine years after that, we go to the moon, right? 1969. That was the conclusion of Blue Book, which concluded what had already been concluded in 1952 when it started, that we're not going to tell the public this, we're going to keep this under wraps. So, is NASA's new framework for determining the existence of extraterrestrials, is that real? Like, is it honest? Is it meant to actually disclose those things or not? I don't think that it is. I mean, unless they're just writing everything off that's happened throughout military history, it can't be anything but PR. It can't be anything but another NASA nothing burger. It can't be anything but another, you know, answer that's not that straight. Never a straight answer. It can't be much more than that because if they were going to really be open and honest about it, open up the archive. Let us see what these things have done to airplanes that have disappeared. Like in the Great Lakes Triangle or the Devil's Triangle or the Bermuda Triangle. Open up that archive let me see what these things have done to military craft just disintegrated banished let me see what these things have done to simultaneous you know simultaneous simultaneously to nuclear missiles in silos underground first of all finding the installation is one thing second of all hovering over the gate and deactivating the missiles let's open that archive up but when the military personnel come forward to say this is what i saw the media just mocks him oh it's robert salas he has no idea he was at maelstrom he saw the you know he saw this whole thing go down but doesn't really matter you know david Schindel, former captain served as missile launch control officer at Minot air force base in north dakota just he doesn't count you know, and that's that's how it always is, isn't it? Former Pfizer execs, former you know scientists for Bill Gates, or top scientists in the EU, top scientists in the United States, doctors, scientists, engineers, molecular biologists, virologists—they all come forward and tell us, "Look, this is impossible." What they're telling us in the news. Where are these people getting their degrees? They're not, you know, medical people. They're not scientific people. They're talking heads on media. They don't know what they're talking about. This is wrong. The White House is wrong. This, the, those people don't count. They don't count. Facts don't matter. Science doesn't matter. It only matters if you believe in what the cult believes in. I'm not talking about the cabal. I'm talking about the cult. Whatever the cult ideology is, that's what matters. The status quo is what matters. So when NASA starts to turn the wheel of this big ship and they say, we're going to go over here now, we're going to look at some UFOs, and we're going to see how otherworldly beings might be classified as real. We're going to tell you if they're real. And they're turning that ship. I'm looking out the window, and I'm saying, look, they're over there. They're over there. That's just swamp gas, and they keep turning that ship. And They don't tell you about all the Air Force, all the Army, all the military problems from Brazil to the United States to Canada to the U.K., the Soviet Union, all over the place. They don't tell you about the the Foo Fighters. They don't tell you about the Ghost truck. They don't tell you about the nuclear weapons. They don't talk about the storage of those nuclear weapons, the nuclear waste, the Atomic Energy Commission installations, and the, the Department of Energy National Laboratories. Even to this day in Idaho, highest per capita rating of UFOs in the country outside of Florida, who has the highest, you know, total. I mean, what 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 do you think NASA's just like, oh, sure, yeah, we're going to make this. I don't, I don't buy the framework. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't buy it because I find it suspicious. I find this whole acknowledgement within this 2020 to 2030 window a little suspicious. People have said this last two years this so-called pandemic has just been a a, a test for the disclosure of of alien life. I don't know if it's been a test for the disclosure of alien life, but I can tell you this. It's certainly feels more like an alien invasion. It feels like something anti-human is here. I don't think that it's necessarily alien. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know. These last two years have shown us what can be done to society with a couple of bullets and a can of gasoline. With a couple of PCR tests and some paid script reading, society can be reset from an invisible enemy from somewhere else. Maybe that enemy was created by God. Maybe it wasn't created by God. Maybe it was in a lab. Maybe it wasn't a lab. Maybe it's real. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not kind of real. Maybe it's kind of not real. Same result. This is how the public reacts. This is how people react. Maybe the Brookings Institute report was right. I think people can handle it. I think people can handle reality. Some. Others can You know, I mean... What's the harm in letting people know, hey, there's aliens out there. Maybe they're preparing us for that announcement. I mean, they'd be unseen. It'd probably be a great hoax. Isn't that what uh, Werner Von Braun's assistant said? The alien card? Remember a couple years ago, Time Magazine said COVID-19 was what would happen to planet Earth if we came into contact with beings from another world? It was our alien event. Maybe that's just an analogy. Probably is just an analogy. But think about what comes next. I think it's all scripted. I think it's all staged. Just in terms of how the media handles it. Just in terms of how the media handles it. Just in terms of the scripts that are given out at universities, media outlets, motion picture production companies. its I mean, literally, you have to get approval from the Pentagon to even do a lot of those movies. Where, where do you think that's coming from? The NASA is military. Where do you think that's, com- that's coming from? NASA wants a new framework for determining what we would say to extraterrestrials. They have probably already talked to extraterrestrials. Why do they need a framework for talking to somebody they've already been talking to or something they've already been talking to, communicating with? I mean, even if you you, 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 you saw aliens out in public tomorrow, you know, even if you saw that, how could you guarantee that it's, it's organic? You know, I'm not talking about if they're organic or synthetic, but how can you determine if they're organic? I mean, it could have been manufactured here in a lab on planet Earth and cloned sheep, cloned cats, splice together spiders and goats. Why couldn't they create something we think looks like an alien? Besides a lot of those UFO abduction stories, the aliens look exactly like us. And maybe that's part of the scam. A lot of those UFO abductions, they're conducted by human beings that work for the military. They're in costumes. It's big pageant. It's a big pageant. It's a big ceremony. It's a ritual. A lot of people think uh, mill labs, not a very popular theory for those who think it's a popular theory. Being responsible for cattle mutilations, even crop circles for that matter. Although a lot of crop circles, you can see videos of little balls of lightning, electrical discharges, creating the, the, the formation in a matter of seconds. And those are the same types of things seen throughout history with UFO abductions and UFO sightings. Electrical popping, uh, basically electromagnetic uh, uh, discharges that disrupt electronics, planes, uh, instruments, etc., I mean, even the point of UFOs and leaving behind smells of sulfur, just like when you have UFO abductions or alien abductions, whatever you want to call them, you smell sulfur, just like demons. You smell sulfur with demons. It's kind of the same thing. NASA wants this new framework. I think they've already got the framework, and I think they already know what they're going to disclose. And I think that this thing is a big pile of of you-know-what wrapped up in a package with a NASA stamp on it. Oh, and by the way, the next time you see somebody wearing NASA clothing or a NASA hat and they tend to be left-leaning, ask them why they support Nazis, why they support fascism, why they support the far right. Seriously, ask them, because I'm going to. The next time I see someone wearing that, I'm going to ask them, why do you support Hitler? Why do you support Nazis? Why do you support Project Paperclip? And I bet you they have no idea what you're talking about. Get them to disavow it. I disavow NASA they were run and founded by Nazis and have them throw their hat on the ground and stomp on it. I'm being serious. It's not political. It's just, yeah, that's that's what NASA was founded on. You know? I'll tell you what. When you look at all this information, you start to realize, man, not only is, you know, NASA never a straight answer, And we're not going to get anything out of the White House or Congress. Um, You're not, and you certainly aren't going to get anything out of the court system. That's not what their job is. So you're not going to get anything out of the government. You're not going to get anything out of the media because the media is corporate controlled, banking controlled. And there's no initiative. There's no incentive unless there is an initiative or an incentive. And that is to further corrupt your view of reality. And perhaps that's the last card, the alien card, the UFO threat from beyond this world manufactured or otherwise, COVID gave you a little hint of what it might be like. You imagine what they could do with aliens? What if those aliens weren't in on the scam? What if they were on in on the scam? What if they are not the good guys? What if these things aren't a threat to human beings, they're a threat to governments? What if the governments have made a deal with the hostile extraterrestrials And made a deal to give them this planet and give them the population in a process of calling that would allow them and their families to survive that calling. Sounds crazy. I mean, I know it sounds like the X-Files, but that's that's what it's starting to look like. I don't buy the new framework from NASA. doesn't make me that much more excited than the UAP report because I told you right here on the show dozens of times people didn't like it. I don't make a million dollars a week peddling nonsense, but guess what? I told you the truth, and I was honest. And guess what? When I'm wrong, I'll tell you I'm wrong. The UAP report was nothing. Call it a nothing burger. You can call it a nothing veggie burger. Call it whatever you want. It was nothing, and we told you that before it came out. It was going to be nothing because I'm not capitalizing on a big story just to get ratings. I'm not capitalizing on a big story just to get some guest on that makes makes the show sound bigger than it really is or more important than it really is. That report was nothing. This NASA framework is probably nothing as well. They already know. They've already communicated with them. They're not hostile. Some of them might be hostile. This isn't Stephen Greer's laser light show. They're all good. This isn't David Wilcock. Half are good, half are bad. Don't call them aliens. That's racist. This is reality. These people apparently aren't living in reality. There are very few UFO researchers who are. Those are the people I'm going to listen to to get information from. I'm going to make my own determination after that, and I'm going to take everything that I hear from people that I know are lying, from people that I think are telling me the truth, and from people who I know are telling me the truth, and I'm going to process it, and I'm going to decide what I want to believe. Not what the news tells me to believe, not what NASA tells me to believe, not what the government otherwise tells me to believe, and certainly not what the military tells me to believe. I'm going to believe in information as I see it, and my belief will change based on that information. The honest to God's truth is, scientifically, technologically, mathematically, aliens in some way, shape, or form exist, bacteria or otherwise. There's probably an endless, limitless form of life throughout the universe. And when they tell you, we're preparing a framework, we're having a UAP report, we're going to show you all this, this is what we've determined, staged. Because there are so much more that's important, that's incredible, that they don't show you, that they don't tell you, that if they did, it would make these things look like less than a drop in the bucket. But we don't believe those other things because CNN didn't tell us, NASA didn't tell us directly, so it must not be true. Well, what about former uh, former NASA, you know, people that work for NASA, people that work for defense contracts? What about people that worked in the military? What about people that worked at these facilities? Like, we don't listen to them either we just don't care. We don't care because the, the media didn't tell us. NASA didn't tell What about Norman Bergeron's book, Remakers of Saturn? Aeronautical engineer, worked at big, big corporations, worked with NASA. Doesn't matter. His research is irrelevant. His research is not important. Those big objects that Kehoe reported on, that journalists and the CIA reported on back in the 50s. Oh, yeah. Norman Berggren had photographs from NASA. You can find them. NASA's official photographs. There's big things parked next to Saturn, big things parked next to the sun. You can see that on Soho. You can see that on you know NASA uh, 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 telescopes. All those big things out there, all right. A lot bigger than a tiny little UFO flying around somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. I hope I provided you with a unique and different perspective tonight. I hope that you enjoyed the show and that you learned something. If you enjoy this show and you learn something, please support the broadcast. You can buy one of my books. The Technological Elixir has a lot of this stuff in the book. Check it out at thesecretteachings.info. Get a free copy of one of those books when you subscribe for one year to the archive. When you subscribe, you support this show. Keep us on air five nights a week. You can also check out our 25% off sale for Pro 1 water filters. The link goes on our website at thesecretteachings.info. Check us out on Patreon. And donate to our studio move, moving the studio from New York, our Escape from New York donation drive. Trying to make a thousand dollars before the end of the month to move the studio out to the southwest. PayPal us, rdgable at yahoo.com. Rdgable at yahoo.com is how you contact us. Otherwise, stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. But thanks for worry. tuning in. You can still catch us Monday through Friday right here, exclusively on the fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.